This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. Up to date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. The city is on a major sports high this week. While many folks are rightfully focused on the Chiefs' Super Bowl and hopefully another victory parade this month, there's planning taking place for an even bigger event that's on the horizon. Yesterday, the FIFA World Cup announced the matches for the 2026 games, and Kansas City will have six matches, one of them, in fact, in the quarterfinals. There's been a lot of work and meetings happening, and yesterday's match announcement will surely kick things into high gear. Today, we're finding out about all the behind-the-scenes planning to host an event of this magnitude. Joining me is Catherine Holland. She's Executive Director of KC 2026. Catherine, good to have you. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Also with us again is Joe Reardon. He's president and CEO of the Greater Kansas City Chamber of Commerce. He's also a board member on KC 2026. Joe, good to have you too. Great seeing you, Steve. Thank you. Well, Catherine, let me start with you. Yesterday, FIFA World Cup announced these matches. What's your takeaway of the uh, games that Kansas City wound up with here? I could not be more thrilled. We were so hopeful that that we would get a quarterfinal round match. And you got it. We got it. We got it. Um, you know, six matches in total is 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 an incredible feat. Any matches would have been tremendous, but obviously yeah. being amongst uh, Boston, L.A., and Miami as a quarterfinal host is, is pretty spectacular. You know, the mayor uh, called this transformative for the city. Do you view it that way? I do. I do. I think this, this entire event, um, you know, being able to capitalize on, as you mentioned earlier, the momentum of sports in Kansas City, um, it, it, this one is is bigger than all of them. And I think it presents a unique opportunity for our market to capitalize on that. You know, Joe, I mentioned that we're, there's some planning going on for the Chiefs victory parade uh, once we win on Sunday right. here for the Super Bowl. And then I also mentioned that this uh, World Cup thing is way bigger than that. I think that's hard for a lot of Kansas Cityans to wrap their minds around. It's, it's really hard. I mean, the Super Bowl is so big for so all of big. us. Last year when the Chiefs won, 114 million people watched the Super Bowl. They'll break that record on Sunday. We know it's going to happen. A billion people watched World Cup in 2022. So like 10 times or roughly that. It's just hard to get our minds around it, but the world will be watching. And now that we're in quarterfinal matches, we will have more people that come to know Kansas City by watching um, on TV or actually coming here than ever in our history. So if we think of ourselves as a secret that secret's going to get out no matter what in 2026. Well, Catherine, planning has been happening since Kansas City was named a host city. But how does this announcement change the stage of planning that you're in right now? It, it provides critical information to allow us to really... You know where you're heading. Yeah, we know where we're heading. We know we have real um, dates and, again, matches so that we can better um, you know, work through the, the, the requirements for the transportation, safety and security. Uh, frankly, now we, we know what assets we might have available to engage some local um, communities and companies around the host city supporter program. So it really was just a uh, you know, very critical next step to help us move through the planning phase. You know, a lot of us on the outside haven't been paying a whole lot of attention yet. We haven't seen a lot of action, but I imagine for you, 
it's been an entirely different story here. Yes, there has been a lot of work happening behind the scenes, a lot of meetings hosted by FIFA to get us to this point, a lot of collaboration with the other uh, 10 U.S. host cities, which has been really, um, really wonderful. So, yes, rest assured, there have been a lot of, of, of sort of plans in the work. But again, this this announcement really will catapult us into the next the next phase of planning. What are the kinds of issues that you and the other host cities are trying to grapple with here? Well, again, transportation, um, you know, there's there's some host cities that can lean into a much more robust mass transit system than, than we currently have. So we'll have to build out, you know, a temporary transit system to service the event. Uh, that being said, you know, FIFA has been very clear that they would like a consistent experience, you know, fan fan experience, volunteer experience across all of the host cities in all three countries. So we need to manage against that as well and making sure that, um, you know, that Kansas City not only rises to the occasion, but also, you know, shows off in comparison to the other host cities. That transportation uh, part of this that you just pointed out, that has a lot of people nervous because people recognize that our current transportation may not be all that whippy. Yes, but I think, you know, again, we presented a very high level plan to FIFA during the bid process to demonstrate to them that we understood this requirement and we understood that there might be a different lift for us, but that we also, um, you know, have the resources and the, the uh, you know, strategic brains around the table to, to make that happen. And again, we'll collaborate with, with not only the federal government, but the other U.S. host cities to make sure that resources are being allocated accordingly. It is kind of amazing that we're sitting here having this conversation for an event that's still, what, two and a half? two years away from where we're sitting right now. And here we are talking about it already. It is, Steve, but I wish I had another year uh, to, <laughs> you know, to get everything together. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean, I, but I think to Joe's earlier point, it is it is hard to describe the size and scope of, of this event, and it will take all of the next two and a half years to, to get us um, prepared to, to welcome the you know many, many visitors that are going to come to our region. Well, that's why we have deadlines, Catherine, that <laughs> make, make, makes you get things done when yes. you have to. Well, Joe, um, I mentioned you're a KC 2026 board member. This is great for business owners in KC, but what goes into making sure that they're prepared for this influx of visitors, many of whom I might assume are going to be international here? I mean, I'm thinking about watch parties and legal use of logo, all that stuff. Right. We've already had some initial engagements across the region with other chambers of commerce in those areas of the community and businesses directly to talk a little bit about how we could activate the entire region around World Cup. And that really means reaching out and working with small business, doing those watch parties and other things. And the committee will make sure we come up with a playbook that folks can take a look at and understand what they can and can't do or what steps they need to take in order to do that watch party correctly. We're going to make sure that they've got what they need to sort of be able to activate around all that's going to be happening during that almost month of sustained activity wow. uh, when this happens here. I imagine what you're already getting inquiries from small business owners saying, how do I do this? How do I do that? Absolutely. And and uh, there's those inquiries have been coming in for more than a year now. And I think what's really important to understand about this opportunity is people are going to be traveling from far away to Kansas City to see these matches. They're not just going to be here for one or two days. They're going to be here for several days, and they're going to want to see what this city is all about, what this region's all about. And it's our opportunity to get them out, to interact with the community, to interact with those small businesses. We saw this happen in Frankfurt with the Chiefs. I got to go over and be there. There were Kansas Cityans all over Frankfurt, and they weren't just at the stadium. They were all over the city, all over the tourist attractions. That's going to happen here in Kansas City. How quickly do you anticipate hotels will be selling rooms based on those match announcements from yesterday? I think there's already blocks that are that have been made. There'll be more that are made. So that activity is going on right now, and it will just intensify as we go forward. And of course, 
we got to get closer to the tournament itself to understand what teams are going to start here. That's going to be really exciting and generate a whole new level of, of interest. What about the idea, Joe, if you're a Kansas City and, and you want to get a ticket to go to a World Cup game, when might they go on sale and w- would we have a chance to get one? Yeah, this is probably better for Catherine to answer the details. Obviously, FIFA is going to control all the ticket sales directly, and uh, those will be able to be purchased online, much like they were in Doha. So anyone will have an opportunity uh, to purchase those tickets online. A lot of them will be spoken for by sponsors and other group commitments. We know that, but you know what? Arrowhead's a large stadium, even in this World Cup that will be coming here, which provides opportunities for all of us, hopefully, to get to one of these six matches that are going to be right here in our community. Can we get tickets? Can regular folks get tickets? Yeah, I th- yes, I think so. Um, you know, again, just to Joe's point, FIFA will really control that that process. Um, however, they're already encouraging people to sign up for information and emails. They will roll out a phased ticket sales process. So again, anyone in our community who is interested Interested, I would encourage them to visit FIFA.org right now and and sign up for for the notices that will come out from FIFA about that process. You'll notice I'm writing down that website yeah. <laughs> myself because I, I'm interested in a couple of those tickets. Yes. Is this event going to interrupt uh, you know everyday life for Kansas Cityans, Catherine? I mean, if you're planning a wedding or thinking about having folks in town for a family reunion, how difficult is the World Cup going to make it for routine movements around town? No, we cannot disrupt our community and business as usual for, you know, the 35 plus days that this tournament will be happening. So that's largely a focus of, again, the the, the planning committee to make sure that we're supporting the community for, again, business as usual operations while overlaying the necessary additional security and transportation elements to accommodate the event. But we are acutely aware that, again, we cannot we cannot shut down our, our city for that amount of time. Businesses have to be able to, to continue to operate. Um, people need to be able able to get to their their jobs. Uh, and, and this should just be sort of an, an, an enhancement and, um, you know, supporting the event on top of that. You know, I'm getting the impression here, Catherine, that there's a tightrope high up in the sky and you're walking it right now. <laughs> do, do I do I have that right? You know, Steve, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good analogy. That's what I you know, think about when I'm trying to fall asleep at night. No, no, it's going to be incredible. Kansas City will show up in um, a major way. Again, it's a different opportunity for our market. And I think people appreciate that. And, and we're going to shine. We'll be right back. No, Joe, it really is amazing to me uh, being around here for so many years, just this moment that Kansas City is having right now. It really is something special, isn't it? it? It's incredible. And it's really building blocks that have got got us to this place. When we went out to bid for this opportunity, we didn't have to spin, right? Soccer's real in Kansas City. The investments have been made. The commitment's been made. The community is engaged. Those things sold themselves, and it really is sort of this commitment that's been made over years, arguably decades, that have built the city to this point where we can compete for world events like this one. To what extent do you think the construction of the new current stadium down on the riverfront, the first stadium built uh, on behalf of women uh, sports, what what kind of factor was that in uh, Kansas City landing this thing? You know, I got to sit through part of the process for the bids, and I can tell you that it made a huge impact on those that came to visit Kansas City to know that we weren't just saying it, but it was under construction. Yeah. The training facility, I think, was almost or already finished when they did their major site visit here. So all those things were not just talked about. They were real in our city, and that mattered a lot. The current stadium and training facilities are world-class, purpose-built for women. We can stand proud and tall for that, and, and it helps us get to these kinds of events. You know, there's not just one professional soccer stadium in the metro. There's two, right? right. I mean, it's, it says something, doesn't it? It, it? Says it's, it's the kind of facilities that – 
aren't just about the matches, but attracting those teams to base camp in Kansas City. We've got facilities for teams to spend a month plus with us as they're part of this tournament. Catherine, just to be clear about one point, this isn't just the Kansas City Metro that we're talking about here this morning. There's the potential of base camps that will be spread how far out across the region here? Yeah, no, this is absolutely a regional regional event. It was always a regional effort. We, you know, the theme of our bid was uniting a region, and obviously the efforts on both sides of the state line have been been tremendous. Um, but yes, I mean, we have base camp options potentially in Lawrence, Kansas, and Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, we're contemplating maybe folding some facilities in Wichita in into that mix. We wow. need to do a little bit more due diligence on on that front. Um, but you know, FIFA is calling our region the team base camp mecca for 2026 because of the quality of our facilities and our central location. When are we going to find out about the these base camps. So we will not know for certain which countries are base camping until late 2025 or early 26. As you can imagine, the teams have to qualify. Then there will be, you know, a draw. Um, I think that we will have a better sense of what federations are interested in base camping here. But again, won't know for some time um, who who ultimately, you know, contracts to to make our region their home for that tier. Joe, how much coordination is taking place with these regional cities outside of the metro right now? I think it's ongoing and it's it's mm-hmm. been there for a little bit of time. The nice thing is, is that for us at the chamber, we've got a great chamber network all over the region uh, in the Kansas City area, but in, in beyond. And we've already activated that initially. And it's going to really, I mean, it's going to pay dividends because there there's that kind of focus on small business in nearly every city and town in this region. And we just need to make sure we're partnering in smart ways so that we can help those small businesses wherever they are. You know, it's not lost on me as we talk here this morning that there's some tensions around financing of all this and to what extent Kansas is going to take part in chipping in to make this thing happen. It's a difficult political call for some leaders in Topeka because they're saying, why would we spend Kansas taxpayer dollars on the other side of the state line? Where does that stand? How concerned are you about it? This will impact the entire region. If we could erase lines right now and just think about it that way, that's the way it will act. And what I would say is you're going to see base camp activity and a significant number of visitors residing in hotels on the Kansas side of Kansas City all the way beyond even the region. So the impact on Kansas is going to be huge. And I think the opportunity for immediate engagement of business during that period of time is giant. But remember, we're going to have people visiting the state of Kansas that otherwise may have never come here from all over the world. And they're going to get exposed to what we all know and love, which is this Kansas City region is wonderful. And we always think if we can get you here, we can win you. That's going to happen both on the Missouri and Kansas side of Kansas City time and time again during this tournament. You know, Kansas Governor Kelly seems to be on board with at least much of this funding. What about the Republican leaders of the House and Senate, Joe? How concerned about uh, about them are you? Are they going to come around? Well, I, you know, we've already had some great um, committee meetings in Topeka. I think there's really good questions about what's going to happen, what are the deliverables, the things I would expect any good elected official to ask. And we're going to answer those questions. And I think the case for this is super strong. And I believe that we're going to get a great support. across. This is a nonpartisan issue. This is really a great benefit for both the state of Kansas and Missouri. And an investment now is going to pay dividends, not just during that tournament, as I said, but for time long after that as well. You know, leaving Arrowhead, Catherine, or Kaufman after a game can be pretty congested. 
To what extent are there going to be efforts to mitigate that, especially considering there's going to be a lot of -of out-of-towners on the road here? Yes. I mean, that's all part of, again, the larger transportation plan that we need to build out. There will be a very uh, large, secure perimeter around Arrowhead that will actually take out quite a number of parking spaces. And and we can expect that the remainder of those parking spaces available might be used for, again, FIFA use or back-of-house staging and things like that. But um, so that that is part of what we're working through. But I can tell you that the, that the team out at, you know, the Truman Sports Complex, particularly Arrowhead Events and the Chiefs are are just incredible. Um, definitely would not be here without their support. And so we're working through what that might look like. But again, that's all part of this transit plan that we need to build. You know, Kansas City is the smallest host city in the U.S., Catherine. Does our planning look the same you know, a say Dallas or Philadelphia? You know, I think um, every every host city has a sort of unique set of challenges. I bet. Yes. I, bet. I mean, we, we're, you know, we're ahead of the game in some respects. Again, quality of our training facilities, support from the community, um, but 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 may need to play a little bit of, of, of catch up, for lack of a better way of saying it, on some other elements like transportation, right? We, we know that that's a heavier lift for us um, than we need to build out. But I would say across the board, all of the host cities are in in sort of similar phases of planning. Again, a lot of collaboration happening, particularly amongst the U.S. host cities, um, to share information and, um, again, ensure that we're delivering against that kind of one World Cup theme. What a concept, Joe. Collaboration. That's, That's a beautiful it. thing. It's, it's great. And this, this, <laughs> when it happens. this is the kind of thing that it, you have to collaborate to win. And we've won this and now we're going to succeed. And I think what's really exciting is – is that we're the we are as you said we're the smallest city uh, that's going to host and think about it in those quarterfinals the world already knows Miami they know L A they know these other cities they have yet to explore and understand Kansas City it's going to be our time to shine and we show up as Catherine said when you come to Kansas City for these matches you know you're going to be in a World Cup city you won't get lost in all of it like you might yeah. in L A mm-hmm. you know there's so much that goes into this as we're talking here Catherine but. People might not think about some aspects of it. I'm thinking about the uh, focuses uh, and forums you've attended, focusing on planning for human rights and sustainability. What does that look like? What are we talking about here? Yes. Yeah, so I think, you know, FIFA for 2026 is really recommitting to um, mitigating against the, the the human rights challenges that come with hosting the largest sporting event in, in the history of the world. What are the human rights challenges? Um, you know, there's there's housing concerns, right? I mean, particularly um, in some markets that, that rely on a lot of short-term rentals. Um, we need to make sure that landlords aren't evicting long-term tenants with the goal of capitalizing on, you know, short-term rental opportunities around World Cup. Mm. We obviously need to make sure that it it is a safe, uh, welcoming, hospitable, secure environment. Um, you know, there are some, you know, again, tra- trafficking issues that, that we need to manage against that comes with any any large scale event, Super Bowl, you know, everything. So uh, and then sustainability, we need to make sure that we have a, you know, we're infusing all of our plans with with a sustainability um, legacy impact in mind as well. So it's it's robust and FIFA is really paying close attention to it. That is also a uh, an area that I believe our region is is ahead of some of the other other host cities. We took that um, element of the bid very seriously and have a great sort of preliminary plan to present in place. Well, listen, good luck. Thank you. I'm getting a sense of what you're up against here and we'll be pulling for you. It's a big deal and all the best to you, Catherine. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's Catherine Holland, again, Executive Director of KC 2026. Joe Reardon also joined us. He's President and CEO of the Greater Kansas City Chamber of Commerce. Best of luck, all you guys, okay? Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. Up to Date is a production of KCUR 89.3. The program is produced by Zach Wilson, Elizabeth Ruiz, Claudia Brancart, and Hallie Jackson. Our intern is Lauren Texter. Paul Nakatura works our board. 
The theme music was composed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.